I'm going to um, start the meeting and, and bring it to order. Um, this is um, the first meeting since we reconstituted that uh, we weren't able to get 100% attendance, and I, I feel bad, but we couldn't schedule around because we have um, a guest today, uh, the, uh, the CPA firm who audits the town is coming in today, so Roberta couldn't make it, and um, I know we, I feel rotten personally because it would be nice if we could get everyone here like we always have. So um, um, I'm going to start with the agenda, and uh, we are going to move around a little bit to accommodate, and what's your first name? Scott and McIntyre. Scott McIntyre. Th then we'll get to Scott, and he can present the financial statements, and, um, and we'll go on with that. And then we have some motions we're going to address. So um, uh, the first thing that I did have on the agenda was review and approve minutes from the previous meetings. Um, Roberta was keeping them again, and she's out today, so we'll go over them next time, and we have um, someone from the town keeping minutes. When your name is again? Roseanne. Roseanne. And um, we're, we're glad to have her. This is our, her first time um, doing this for the town, but that's great. Thank you. Um, uh, operational audit, again, we're going to put on hold, and um, I... I you do have some motions. Um, one of them would be a, a recommendation of the Board of Selectmen. Another one would be a recommendation to the um, school committee and um, maybe a finalization of the spreadsheet that we have for um, the operational audit. But I think we're going to pass on that until next time, um, only because I don't have my spreadsheet with me. I got my wrong computer. I apologize. So. Um, Let's uh, let's let's start because I want you to be able to, to get home and I know your time is valuable. Um, uh, we, we none of us have have read um, the financials. Um, if you could go for just top side of where we are, uh, you know, you know how how we're doing operationally sure. compared to last year. I mean, when we saw a bit of a draft, I mean, some some numbers looked up and down, but you never know with you know accounting and things like that. So. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation to be in here th this evening. Um, you know, it is I've put forth, um, gone through the reports and made a bunch of notes that I'd like to walk through the committee uh, with. Um, some highlights of the financial statements, a little bit about what the audit entails. Um, there's some, a lot of numbers in this, in this report. You'll hear me talk on a couple of occasions about how there's dual perspective financial statements in here. Essentially, there's two sets of books, both a long-term perspective look and a short-term perspective look. I learned many, many years ago, to, if I make that statement, to always follow it up by saying, that doesn't mean your town accountant has two sets of books. <laughs> your town accountant has one set of books, and they are on essentially a short-term basis, you know, almost a modified accrual basis. The audit process looks at that set of books and then also converts them to what we call the accrual basis of accounting that a business would be on and, and, and things like that. So we'll walk through both because, um, you know, over the last couple of years, um, a lot of discussions I've had with, you know, city councils or audit committees has focused a lot on, on two accounts, both the NPL or the net pension liability and the, and the net OPEB obligation, OPEB being an acronym for other post-employment benefits. We're going to see those on the long-term perspective financial statements. And, and it's always hit or miss. I never quite know if a committee is going to want to focus on those two accounts or if they're just going to want to focus on fund balance uh, um, in, the, in the general fund. 
my experience with this committee is you're going to be very engaged with, with, with both of them. And I think that's wonderful because, yeah, yes, it's important to have just the short-term perspective, you know, free cash and stabilization, but you also have to have the longer-term perspective that there are these liabilities out there that aren't on your general fund balance sheet. And they're not there because they're not required to be on there. It's that whole different perspective of, of accounting. Then we'll, we'll, we'll point that out. And those numbers are, are large, as you might imagine. But before you know, we dive into any numbers or even the, the, our opinion on your financial statements, um, you know, we, we're here in you know, late, late September of 2018 discussing June 30, 17. Um, you know, I, I want to put that in perspective. Um, you know, the, 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 I think I was here in May of 2018 talking about 16. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different, but e either way, um, you know, the, the audits have been a little bit delayed, but the actual closing of the books by the town and the, the, the general ledger, the certification of free cash to, uh, with the Department of Revenue, the submission of your Schedule A, has been has been completed on a on a timely basis. The 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 hang up and that's maybe just very perhaps an unprofessional way to describe it. But the the thing that delayed um, the finalization of the audit here for for June 3017 uh, was an actuarial valuation of your OPEB. Again, that's the other post employment benefit li liability, and and. Um, that data was received from your actuary and available for us to analyze and audit and, and, and record throughout your, your financial statements. We obtained that, I think it was in, in late late May of, uh, of, of just this calendar year. Um, and, and then I, I was unavailable a fair amount over the, over the month of August. Um, and so I think this, Wendy started asking me about coming in, in in August and I just, I had a vacation schedule that I couldn't 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 move around so we're, we're here at uh, to go but I just thought it was important to point that out to the committee yeah. yes we're here in a little bit of a delayed fashion uh, but you know in general uh, the, the and, and it's, let me withdraw that phrase you know when we came here for audit with the exception of OPEB the books and records were in good working order cash was reconciled on a regular and timely basis other key balance sheet accounts accounts receivable long-term debt, uh, items like that were reconciled between the general ledger, which Wendy keeps, and the, and the treasurer's records. We found those re reconciliations to be done on, on a regular and timely basis. Wendy, do you keep the other post-employment benefits? Uh, do you keep a ledger for that? No. So that's just done totally outside. That's a separate report. And there's no way. incorporated into the financial And there's statements. no way, so we have to wait. There's no way you can push them or anything like that to get No, some. and honestly, it, it's, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of staff time to get that information together yeah. to give to the actuary, and that's where the delay is. Yeah. Okay. We, the and I agree with that. It is a lot of staff time. We we refer to it as the the census data, the the you know uh, the employee database, everybody, all the key attributes, their age, what health plan they're on, all, all those all those key things is is quite a report to compile. Um, you know, the positive news is that valuation usually has a two-year life. So it may have been delayed for recording into June 30 of 17, but you already have what you need for June 30, 18. Okay. So that's, that's a very, very positive way uh, to, to, to look at it. Uh, but th th for, the, for communities, and, and Easton is not the only community, um, 
I have one that I can't even sign off on their financial statements. Everything is done. The draft's all ready, and we need to put the OPEB data in there. And the community has to get that information to the actuary. The actuary has to analyze it, do what they do, which I could talk about if you want, <laughs> and then get the report back to us. So The, the expense itself, though, is recorded. The expenses recorded on the P&L or whatever you call it, you want with tax partners. So it, I don't know anything about well, GAP or whatever the town uses. I think it begins with a G, too, right? Or yeah, it's GAP. What's recorded, gap, what's, what's, gap, okay. what's recorded in the, the the ledgers of the book from an OPEB perspective yeah. is what you is what, really what you implicitly pay. You you know you you, you yeah. So we, we are recording the payments every yes, year. Yes, you are. But there's a whole unfunded liability out there uh, that the employees are earning as they're providing service, which is, creates this liability. The additional expense for recording that liability is not run through the general fund or any fund of, of the ledger. That comes when you convert your, your general ledger to the long-term basis of accounting. And pension, ex pardon me, well, typically pension, both pension expense and OPEB expense go up significantly. We'll see that on a key, key page in, in, your, in your financial statements. Okay. So, just curiosity, is there a third-party administrator who the town uses to track all of the employee you know what the all the entitlements and benefits etc or, or is it something that's just kind of handled department to department through yeah I mean we, we handle a lot of that in-house yeah. um, in terms of like the health insurance uh, we're, we're part of the group insurance commission mm -hmm. so we're a member of that but we, we process payroll in-house so a lot of that is done internally okay just curious. thanks mm -hmm. So I just wanted to, you know, make sure I, I spoke about the, the, the timing issues up front. Uh, but again, the books and records we found to be in good working order. And the first of the documents that I'm going to walk through is the, the financial statements, probably the thickest of, the, of that, those that you have in front of you. And, um, you know, the highlight from our perspective, you know, begins on page one and it goes over to the top of page three. This is our opinion on your financial statements. Everything else in here is, is right and directly from the, the town's accounting and subsidiary records. And what this opinion says goes on for you know two and a half pages, but it says, in our opinion, your financial statements are totally in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles for local governments here in the United States. It says a little bit more. It tells you we followed generally accepted auditing standards, and it tells you we also followed general, generally accepted government auditing standards. That's really the highlight of, of page, page one, two, and in the, in the top of page three. Following that, you have management's discussion and analysis. It begins on, on page four and goes all the way over to page 11. This is a great resource to go back to at a later point in time. Some of the highlights that I'm going to talk about on the various balance sheets and operating statements are summarized in, in, in on pa between pages four and, and 11. But that takes us over to page 12. Page 12 and page 13 are what I referred to earlier as the, the long-term perspective financial statements. If you're looking for your general fund, fund balance, you're not going to find it on this page. We'll get to that in, in just a few moments. The focus that I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to talk about tonight with respect to your long-term financial statements is the first column of numbers. It's your governmental activities. That's essentially everything that the town has other than its enterprise funds. Your enterprise funds are in that middle column of the business type activities. Now, the key numbers here on this page, and again, this is, this is not just your general fund, it's all of your funds put together on the accrual basis of accounting. The 
first place that most readers are going to look, if they even look at this page, is in that first column of numbers, and it's the second number up from the bottom. It's your unrestricted net position. Net position is just a governmental term for equity. Unrestricted net position, you see it's in parentheses indicating that the, the liabilities and restricted net position pieces outweigh the assets by $62.3 million. Okay. Now, my eyes then take, go directly to the liability section of, of your balance sheet. And if you go a couple of inches up from the bottom of the page in that first column of numbers, you see two non-current liabilities. One is your net pension liability of $35.3 million. And the one right below that is your net OPEB obligation of, of $50 million. Where are you again? On page 12, three quarters of the way down on the left-hand side. Uh, in the first column, though. I'm focusing on the governmental activities okay, column. Net pension liability. The 50 okay. and the 35. Yeah, yep. exactly. Well, that's 85 going the other way on the 62. So, but it's, that's very long-term, and that, that's what does this. As well. Exactly. The sum of those two... You know, they're unfunded liabilities, mm. you know, of $85 million. You know, I've had somebody look at me and say, so if we didn't have those two liabilities, that number, that second number up from the bottom would be a positive. Yes, it absolutely would. It ab absolutely would. It's those two liabilities that are driving your unrestricted net position to have the parentheses around them. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, you audit other towns. Yes. Um, is this um, in line? It's not uncommon at all. It's, we're in line. It's, there's, there's nothing here that, um, that, that is uncommon. There, there certainly are communities that um, either have their own retirement, that have their own retirement system. Next Monday night, I'm going to be at one that their retirement system is 94% funded. Yeah, what's the funding? Well, what's the funding percentage for that? Uh, we do. I wish I had remembered it off the top of my head, but uh, luckily we can go to a, a quick page in the financial statements, and it's towards the back. So you are a, you participate in the Bristol County Retirement System. Mm -hmm. So you are a participating employer in that. And I'm on page 58. Um, and you know I'll say it this way. You know you as a you're a contributing member. And the contributions that Easton makes into the Bristol County re Retirement Plan are about 10.7% of the t total contributions received by the plan. Mm -hmm. So in very simple terms, it isn't quite this simple, but this un the, the Bristol County system is unfunded liability. 10.7% is attributable to Easton. That's the 35 million that we were talking about back on page 12. Mm -hmm. Now the funding percentage, uh, sort of in the right below the town of Easton, June 30, 17, Bristol County system way over on the right with the road June 30, 2017, 64.17% funded. What's, that, what's typical? That's not uncommon. Um, we, have, we have some plans that are, you know, some communities in the Commonwealth have their own plan and aren't participating, aren't participating in a county. Um, several of those plans are, some are 90, some are in the 80s, some are in the 50s. Um, you know, quite honestly, it's usually the, the AAA rated communities that are, that, that are a little more aggressive with their funding um, and they have a higher... What is, what is our rating, Wendy? Uh, we're doubling the rate. Yeah. Okay. So, and just for my own 
stupidity. Um, the current liability, what we pay in, that's obviously in the budget, correct? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the no. pension, so the Bristol, Bristol County, they have an actuary determine what, you know, what we will contribute for that year. That's our assessment. Um, we also try to save money by paying that up front at the beginning of the fiscal year. Um, that usually saves us, you know, like $60,000 versus Ooh. paying it in two installments. You sure. What, what percentage, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, what percentage of the budget is the funding of the long-term um, pension or other employment benefits? The normal cost? Uh, the, well, we're paying into the, the, the Bristol. Pension assessment? Bristol yeah. County's assessment, I think it's about four Well, both of them, uh, between the pension and the OPEB. How much are we paying annually on that? Uh, probably about 11 million. Which is how much percent of our budget? Yeah. Um, it's about 80, right? Yeah, it's about 80. So it's a good chunk. Yeah. 11 out of 80. My map says, yeah. I don't know, 13, 13 or 14 percent of our budget. Is in, is in that, is that growing, shrinking that percentage or? I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm and towns, sure that, towns that fund, um, that currently fund, would it, are they paying 13 to 14% of their uh, dollars to fund? I would budget? not have that off the top okay. of my head. Right, I, sorry, I'd be I'm really just, uh, guessing if I tried to answer that. Don't then, so. that's fine. Yeah. Thank, thanks to both of you, yeah. I, just, uh, I just wanted to get an idea. People talk about this stuff oh, often. It's like yeah. I I am never surprised when, when, when people, you know, want to talk about these two li liabilities. They're, they're, sub they're significant. Um, you know, I that, that goes without question when you look at the numbers and then look at the second number up from the bottom in, in parentheses. Put it in perspective, you're in a position just like the rest of your peers. You know, another way to look at it is, you know, you were just talking about the assessment that the town pays to the Bristol County Retirement System. You know, the Bristol County Retirement System is on a funding schedule to be fully funded by, again, I wish I had that date off the top That's of my right. head. It's probably something like 2030, mm -hmm. something in the, in. It's in that range. Yeah, you're not right. racing it. <laughs> but but also, you know, it, it is entirely possible that either the the, the, the plan, the, the the Bristol County plan or through state legislation, they could bump that date back. Yeah. You know, so just yeah. because right now you have a it's gonna be fully funded by twenty twenty eight, well that could change in two years yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. You know what's strange is that that we're ten percent when you've got cities in there. Like, you know, New Bedford, Fall River are both in Bristol County. You'd think they would take up a huge chunk, no, but I guess not. So I'd say it's probably, so you've got, right, Taunton, New Bedford, Fall River. Yeah. Right. And then that, they're probably, I would say, what would you wager, 20% each maybe. And then yeah. the rest of it's, you know, the little teeny towns. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we're not teeny. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So back on page 12, the, the net pension liability, and then right below that is the, the net OPEB obligation. And yes, I stress the word obligation. June 30, 17, that had a, a liability balance of about $50.4 million. Um, is that basically health insurance? It is. It is. Um, well, you're right there, Scott. I just want to make sure the two items that you say come down to the 62 unrestricted 
Are the bonds payable in the net pension liability? Is that what you're saying? Well, what I was, um, what I think is important is that in relationship to the to the 52 million, uh, 62. Six, pardon, pardon me. Um, the second number up from the bottom, the, yep. essentially the negative equity, is the two unfunded liabilities, the net pension liability of the $35 million and the net OPEB obligation of 50 Net OPEB. Okay. Well, the bonds are funded, correct? Well, they're funded annually through That's the appropriation right. process. But those, those, those bonds, what you did with those was you, you constructed— You through taxes, though. I well, mean, they're all— but, but the liability of bonds payable is essentially offset by a capital asset that you either acquired or, or built. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there's a matching between the asset and that liability. Um, unlike the other two. Unlike the, uh, the other That's two. Right. That's yeah, right. I just got confused because the bonds yeah. and the one below it do add up to almost exactly that 62. That's a little coincidental. Okay. That's, that's a little coincidental. Okay. Now, on the OPEB obligation, that's probably the last time you're going to see that term. Because with June 30, 18, it's going to be now called your, your net OPEB liability. The accounting standards change. You know, if, you, if, you've, if you've had an opportunity to see the, the management letter, there's some talk in there about GASB statement number 75. Well, this $50 million liability is based on an old GASB, GASB 45. Essentially, this $50 million has been incrementally being brought on, has been brought onto the books. With the implementation of the new accounting standard, the full liability is going to come on your books, which could be in the neighborhood of 118 or $120 million. Right now, that number is back on page 60 of your financial statements, way in the back. Most readers don't, don't get there. So therefore, therefore the, sta really? the standard setters have said, uh, we, want, we think this number should be on the, on the face of the long-term perspective balance sheet. So right, what number are you talking about there? On page 60, it would be in the, you have the date column, then the actual valuation of the assets, column A, then column B. These numbers are shown in thousands. So it's with the June 30, 17 row of 118,541. Mm -hmm. It won't come over, that won't be the number that's on your balance sheet, June 30, 18, but it'll probably be a lot closer to 118 million than it will be $50 million. Okay. So. All right. Well, I have one, one last question for, for Wendy. Um, the annual liability funding, the current, the current portion that we're building assessment, is that growing as a percentage of the budget or is it remaining flat? Um, it's probably growing for the open. Yeah, is it a greater portion percentage-wise of our budget? Well, there's, if I may, Wendy, I'm sorry. Well, you know, there's, the, the, town's, the town's recently set up a, an OPEP trust fund. In June 30, 17, it had a balance of about $100,000 in there. So it's not as if there's, um, you know, your, your savings, if you will, for your pension liabilities through, through the county, pl county plan. You're only you've only contributed, sorry, you've contributed $100,000. It's a lot of money, but in terms of the liability, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, 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 it's yes, nothing. So you're, yeah, I, I once got yelled, yelled at for saying only $100,000. <laughs> um, so you're not, you're only paying out a, again, it's the implicit subsidy um, that, that's that's what's coming through your, your your operating budget annually, and I think you'd have to well, Wendy, you'd have to really look look into that and probably get Dan's help 
through the actuarial process to really figure out what are you paying between current and re retirees. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that number is increasing every year, but the budget's increasing also, but so I'm just not sure if it's at the same percentage. Yeah, I mean, if it's greater, then that's when we get, we're going to get into trouble. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, something else. I mean, something it, else and, loses because be, be we have no year. choice on you know, this. We've so. been fortunate for the last few years. We haven't had significant increases um, in the health insurance budget. Being in the GIC, the yeah. the premium increases have been have been you know very reasonable, and that's that's been very helpful uh, for us. Um, the Bristol County pension assessment has gone up, you know, definitely more, um, probably more like four percent, five percent. Um, and overall, we, we look at budget growth of about like under three percent. Yeah. Probably like two point seven five. Okay. So. Final comment from me on these two liabilities to put them in perspective a little bit, a little bit more. The net pension li liability, June thirty seventeen, you know that is essentially unchanged for, from the prior year. It was thirty five point six last year, so it actually went down a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, and a lot of that is driven by market returns. So, in that, by the way, that liability of the 35 million is is measured as of December 30th of 2016. You know, the the plan itself has a calendar year end. The net OPEB obligation has gone up about four million dollars. It was 46 last year. It was 50 this year. So, a four million dollar increase in that that liability. We'll see that number again in just just a minute. Meaning that four million dollar in increase. If there are, unless there are any other questions on those two balance sheet accounts, I'm going to quickly ask you to turn your attention over to page 13. Page 13 is a very different looking income statement, for lack of a better word. In the governmental world, we call it the statement of activities. It starts with expenses, which is the first column of numbers on the left, and then you subtract related revenues or program revenues. Okay? And you come over to your net revenue or net expenses, then down at the bottom you have things like your property taxes and, and things that revenue that can't be attributable to any one particular department. Now to, in, in our opinion the focus here is in the lower right hand corner of page 13 but the first, first of the three columns and it's the third number up from the bottom. It's the change in net position in parentheses of $4,480,000. Your governmental activities your net position decreased by $4.5 million. Remember, though, what I was just talking about with respect to your increase in your net OPEB obligation was about $4 million. There's a direct relationship between that. So that's a lot of that's long term. Yes. If you were to break it down and take that out, you're, we're you're, in the hole about half a million dollars? Uh, you know, I, I I was very rounded when That's I okay. when I when, no, I, so when it, I when I said four hundred thousand on page twelve. Right, I, I, I it could be even. Right? It could could be even. Is where you know theoretically we our budget's balanced and exactly. But I know we're taking from reserves, right? Yeah. Well, point. but right. you also this is full accrual, so it has depreciation in here, which is a non-cash expense uh, I, I, and, totally and, for, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So okay, great. That's not yeah. bad. Now, over on, on, on page 14, now we're entering the short-term perspective financial statements of the town. And I love to talk about the long-term perspective, 
most readers will still focus on, on page 14, and they'll even more specifically focus on the first column of numbers. It's your general fund, the primary operating fund of, of, of the town of Easton. And I'm going to focus in on, um, well, before I focus on any of the numbers, um, I think it's important for the reader to understand. It really doesn't, it's not highlighted in here um, because it, it, for a variety of reasons, I can talk about it if, if you'd like. But included in your general fund are actually two funds in Wendy's general ledger. General ledger. And it's this way for every community in the, in the Commonwealth. Wendy has the town's general fund as a separate fund in her ledger, and she has the town's stabilization fund as a separate fund in her general ledger. Perfectly appropriate. It's a requirement of the Mass Department of Revenue and the Uniform Municipal Accounting uh, Chart of Accounts that they have. But for audit purposes, those two columns of numbers get collapsed into one. And that's what makes up your general fund on a, on a generally accepted accounting principles basis. I point that out because as we begin to talk about uh, the, the, the number that most people will look at first is your unassigned fund balance. Third number up from the bottom in that first column of, of numbers on page 14, June 30, 2017, it had an account balance of uh, just over $4.9 million. Now, just from a comparative standpoint, you know, that represents about 6% of your expenditures. Rating agencies like to see that between 5 and, and, and 10%. Also, that 4.9 is very comparable to the prior year. It's 4.5 million in the prior year, so it's up about $400,000. You have to drill in a little bit, though, to that 4.9 to, to, to tie back to Wendy's general ledger, is that 4.9 is made up of what she, what I would call in her books, her real general fund, and also her stabilization. So there's two components to that 4.9 million. The general fund piece is 3.1 million dollars, and the stabilization is about 1.8 million. So is that what we refer to as free cash? Um, no, but this, this, but this unassigned is is. If the starting. The point, it's the starting point for the free cash yeah. calculation. Yeah. Okay. And if I may, even more specifically, in this, if that 4.9 has a general fund component of 3.1 and stabilization of 1.8, the starting point that the Department of Revenue will use is 3.1. Because okay. right. yeah. stabilization is right. set aside yeah. and, and, and what have you. So they'll start with the 3.1 and, and usually make deductions from there. But, I mean, it makes sense to add the stabilization in, into the general fund. I can see why they started requiring that we do that. I mean, because stabilization doesn't have its own revenue source, and the, and the funding from it typically it's comes from the from general fund. Yeah. So. We vote at town meeting to do that every year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have its own funding source. And in addition to that, there's no expenditure purpose associated with it. It's kind of a rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if there's not a... If there's not a committed or restricted revenue source for a particular expenditure purpose, by definition, by definition I mean the GASBs or GAP, it says it must be general fund. I'm such a geek, aren't I? No, I, 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 I actually like the, I like this stuff. Um, so the 1.8 um, in the um, stabilization fund, uh, what's um, hist historic balance through, let's say the past five years? Well, how, is it is it down? Is it up? Where are we? I think it's I think it's down. I think the high point um, 
was 2.9 million at one point. Yeah. Um, was that after an override pass though? I think, like 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. I want to say it was before the recession. Okay. So but but lately it's been around but 1, 8 to 2? We've, we've been working on building that up. We've been okay. putting a percentage of the free cash into that every year. We're but trying to do 25% of whatever free cash is certified at. It's grown about $200,000. June 30, Thanks. 15, it was 1.4. 16, 1.6. And 17, 1.8. Yeah, we've been, we've been making very conscious effort to not... Uh, just take money from stabilization to fund the operating budget. Maybe still have to use free cash, but we're trying not to use the stabilization unless there's something that comes up that's like a, maybe a one-time expense or that's kind of an anomaly. Um, but other than that, we're trying to avoid um, dipping into that stabilization because we want to build up reserves and you know, rating agencies look very mm -hmm. favorably on that anyway, and they mm -hmm. recommend that. What's the percentage of the whole budget budget that we shoot for on having at least in the stabilization fund? I mean, we we would ideally. I mean, we'd love to have you know ten percent, and but okay, we're, we're but, not. But close definitely to that. five percent. What is it? We're not even at five percent. I mean, we're at. Um, um, I think you said five. Well, the the. I oh, you said six. I said six, but that was a four point nine. Oh. So you'd have so to. So the one point eight is probably closer to like two, two or three. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. In 2015, Deanna signed was three. Five. Three, five, two, four, three, three, zero. What year is this? 2015. So it has taken a bit of a hit, huh? I think what this member said was the, you, she, you said the unassigned. unassigned. That's not stabilization. There's two components to that three, right. five. Okay. 2.1 yeah. is the okay. starting point right. for free cash. Yeah. And then 1.4 is stabilization. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's so, so it's up. gone up. So it has gone. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's mainly it's mainly yeah. due to our putting money in the stabilization. Okay, great. There's some other columns on here. If the committee would like, I, I can I can can talk about them. Page 16 reconciles the long-term perspective with the short-term perspective. I'll spend a little bit of time on a related page to that in just a moment. Takes us over to page 16. General fund, while well, the first column of numbers here is also the general fund, but this is your statement of revenues and expenditures and changes in fund balance. Key things here. Um, a lot of consistency in the top third of the page, revenues and expenditures, uh, and then the excess, again, about two-thirds of the way down from the top, the excess of revenues over expenditures of $166,000, pretty much break even for, for, for the year. Now you come in and below that number you have your transfers, okay? <clears throat> transfers in of almost $2.5 million. The majority of that is that the, there was some, about $1.6 million in the Avalon Bay Mitigation Fund that was transferred <coughs> excuse me, to your capital stabilization, which is different than the stabilization money. Is we that because of a resolution? Yes. Positive for us? I take it. Town meeting, I think the resolution called for to begin re building reserves for future capital items. So that's a nice plus. We're able to do 1.6. That's really a summary of page 16. Now, page 17, I could, I could talk for hours about that. Sorry, you don't have to. <laughs> but all, all, all I'm going to say is, to me, this is where a lot of the, 
I'd, I would love someday for readers of the financial statements to, 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 to fully dive into this because it represents increases or decreases to revenues and expenditures between the short-term perspective and the long-term perspective. Somebody, I said that one time, and they're like, so what costs are we pushing off on the long-term financial statements? And in many respects, that's right. And rem remember what, when we looked at your long-term statement of revenues and expenditures or your statement of activities, the fund net position dropped by about $4 million. You see that in the lower right-hand corner. 4.5. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the one thing that's really driving that is the second number above that, the change in your net OPEB obligation of $4.5 million. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, there are a couple of other big numbers on here. You have depreciation expense of 6.2, but you also have the repayment of your debt. You budget for that every year and raise property tax revenue to make your debt service payments. But on the accrual basis of accounting, because I can tell I'm in a room full of accountants, that principal reduction is not showing up as an expenditure. Kind of mitigates the impact of depreciation. So big numbers at the bottom here are generally an indicator that it's, it's, a, it's an unfunded liability. That cost is being pushed off down, down the road. As we pointed out earlier, the second number up from the bottom, the change in the pension liability, that you, we said your pension liability actually went down. That's why you have a positive number there, but your OPEB liability went up, so the charges to the in, in income statement, if you will, and that's why the 4.572 is in parentheses. It's, it's an expenditure, essentially. A lot of information here. If the committee would like, I'm certainly able to talk, talk more about it. Beyond the general fund unassigned fund balance, which as I mentioned is the first place that most readers are going to turn, um, the second place they're, they're likely to go to is page 18. And it's the general fund budget versus actual pre presentation. Revenues at the top, expenditures and transfers out in the middle, and then some other financing sources and uses at the bottom here. In our opinion, the focus is generally, as it should be, on that far last column of numbers on the right. It's the variance between the actual amounts and the final budget. You have some positive and some negative. That's, that's a pretty big swing. And I don't mean to interject, but I guess I do. I mean, 74 to 75.9 to 75.3. I mean, I, I'm sorry, sir. Where are you? I'm at the top of page 18. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Even the uh, I was comparing the original budget, but even the final budget oh. is up 1.3. You know, yeah. you, you can see that it's 1.3 million. I mean, Absol why, absolutely. Is that? I mean, that that's a big that's a big delta. I mean, it's positive. Or so I don't want to complain, but on the other hand, you know. It's very, it's very consistent, yeah. given the size of this community compared to the others that I'm, I, I'm, I'm involved in, and I'm involved in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Well, the, you know, the, you're right. The, that's you know, 1.2 million. And half, half, of, half of it is in motor vehicle X size. Yeah. So, so what happened? What, where, where do we go wrong? I'm not sure you, you, you went wrong. Lots of communities are experiencing excess collections in their motor vehicle X size because people are buying or leasing new cars. So they're more expensive cars that are paying the excise tax to the community. Now, I also have heard, you know, sh should the budget have been higher? Well, that's not really for me to decide other than you want, I, I would caution you that um, 
the budget should be based on recurring revenues. Yeah. And maybe in FY17, the motor vehicle excise were... Well, it's the lower amount. I get it. You, yeah. you really the other thing is... You really want to be conservative, though, on your revenue estimates. And we, we, we try to be conservative because if you're, if you're not, then you're really going to budget out. You're not going to be able to uh, regenerate that free cash every year. I, I get that. I don't mean to be critical of the town. I really don't. But, um, you know, when we're bringing in... Um, you know, 1.3 million more than we budgeted, and I'm assuming that is the budget. I mean, that's that's a lot. And just when we go through annual town meeting and, and we go through everything, and people are fighting over 100, 200,000, and we're 1.3 over in collections. I mean, that's that's that just blows me away. It really does. Um, I, you know, the other one obviously is licenses permits and fees you know are we is this consistent that we're bringing in more than we say we are is it conservative yes, budgeting yes we, yeah we, okay. we, we do that consciously too because if there's ever an economic downturn okay and those revenues decline okay. we, have, we have no place to go so it's it is important to try to maintain a balance between being somewhat conservative in your estimates and you know also yeah. you know trying to fund budgets as, as is required, but um, the thing to also remember is that, um, you know, if you look beyond just the revenues, you know, every year we consistently have to balance that budget with money from free cash, and we don't always know what that's going to be. So, um, you know, you could say, all right, we're not going to use any free cash, we're just going to, you know, budget to the max, but then if, those, if that money doesn't come in, you have no, you, you've stripped yourself of all I, the I, 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 I get that. Um, I mean, my, my cons, I have two concerns, and I'll tell you what they are. Um, you know, expenses are up 400000 That's fine. So maybe we're net of a, a million dollars. Um, you know, I guess my concerns is are, are we always, are we always bringing in, is this consistent with other years? Are we always bringing in the million three more? Or obviously not, otherwise we'd be funding the stabilization pretty big time, right? Because I, 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 it's got to go somewhere, right, this million dollars? Absolutely. Um, may I? Sure. I have a wonderfully engaged group. Could, could I, uh, to try to maybe answer your question, could I go back to page 14 for a minute? Sure. And, you know, I talked a lot about the unassigned fund balance, which is the third number up from the bottom. I want to talk for a moment about the assigned fund balance, $1.8 million, fourth number up from the bottom. <coughs> okay. And the right, yep. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm focused on the first column, but it's... Okay, it's, it's the a, same it's, number. It's the same right. number. And again, there's two pieces of that. One piece is about $200,000. You encumbered some money. You just kicked, kicked there was about $200,000 in encumbrances. The remaining 1.6 is what is referred to as reserve for expenditures. That's a, that's a terminology that the Department of Revenue uses and cities and town use for, I'm going to call it, the, when, when free cash is used to balance the budget. You know, you don't want that money sitting in unassigned fund balance because it's been earmarked for something. Mm -hmm. So it gets shown as your assigned fund balance. And again, that 1.8 1 
about 1.6 of that is your reserve for expenditures. So a lot of that excess that you see on the budget versus actual page is being used by the town and to for the subsequent year budget. That 1.6 that reserved for expenditures, that helps, that essentially means you're anticipating the outflows of dollars in, in the subsequent year to exceed the inflows of dollars because you're drawing on the savings account that you have called free cash. So I wanted to try to connect the dots. So we're re essentially replenishing some free cash. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, and at least at least when we do do that, we, yeah. we it's a known amount. We're not yeah. sort of banking on what our revenue estimate is going to be the next year. Yeah. Um, no, look, so I mean, I... I, I I don't, you know me, I don't want to be critical of the town at all. You know, I know we do a lot of things we do. We bootstrap and, you know, and I know the schools are, are underfunded and I don't want to make light of anything or the need for an override by saying, you know, we're swimming in cash because we under budgeted, the, you know, a million point sum. So uh, thank you for the explanation. I appreciate it. I hope that tried to connect. A, a you did. That, this, is, this is an excellent presentation. Thank, thank you. you. Really, an ideal situation would be that we would still have some variances, you know. Yeah. Um, and we would not need to fund the budget with free cash. Yeah. And still have some excess. Level. Well, hopefully we won't. Hopefully situation. we won't. And you know, I I don't know if the budget catches up the next year, because you start, you know, your your ground zero is um, for the past year is the um, the seventy five point three million and not the, or you know, or. Th Three per one point oh three per uh, times that right, so all right. No, I, this is um, enlightening. You know, to be honest, I've been on the finance committee in this committee, and I've never gone through something like this. This is uh, this is pretty good. The last thing I'll say about about page eighteen, and it, it kind of, I'm I'm going off script here. Uh, it, the number in the lower right hand corner, one point. I'm going to call it one point five million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of the million three excess on the revenues, 900,000 on, on the expenditure side equals about 2.2 million. But you soften that because uh, for FY17, you used about $914,000 in free cash. And there's a few other things going on there. But the budgetary results are a positive 1.5. I think a good measure is how does that 1.5 compared to what I tried to point out in your balance sheet, where you're using 1.6 in surplus for the next year. That is a good measure. We're using 1.6 in surplus, however. You generated 1.5. Uh, we could be generating that same 1.5 next year as Absolutely. Well. It's, a nice, it's, it's a nice cushion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But also, communities, I've seen communities, I'm, not, I'm talking in general now, not Easton, yeah. where you know, the number you have in the lower right-hand corner of page, page 18, if it's 1.5, but if you're using free cash of 2.5, that's, right. that's, that's a recipe for That's when you're dipping for, in for and hurting. Trouble. Right. That's a recipe that's for trouble. So. All right. So we're, we're, we're okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we basically, we, I mean, we know that we, we have to generate that free cash. Yeah. You know, and it does vary from year to year. I mean, it's never the same amount. Um, but you know, we know we know we really have to strive for at least like two million dollars. Okay. Thanks. Page nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one are your enterprise funds. 
water sewer and some non-major funds, which are your, your trash and, 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 and cable. You know, I think the, the best measure here, uh, these are shown on, on a full accrual basis of accounting. I personally think the best measure of results of operation here is page 21, which is your cash, cash flow statement. Um, you know, you, I, I like to look at things this way. For example, in the water fund column, the right at the very top, you have net cash provided by operations of one point, just, just under 1.1 million. And then right below that, you have your uh, payment of principal and interest and things like that of 800,000. Net change in cash of about $250,000. Sewer gets a little bit more complicated to read because there's a lot of construction going on in there and, and borrowing and the like. But still, the, the net cash provided of 158000 is, is coming very close to um, you know the generating the cash needed for the principal and interest payments. Although one of those principal payments, I think, was a rollover of, of uh, short-term financing. So, I think that's the best way to read the enterprise fund accrual statements. After that, you come to page 22, and related to that is 23. Really, the news here is probably the smallest of the three columns that you see on page 22, which is your other post-employment benefit trust fund. Okay, this is where I said earlier I dollars. You know, and, and and the related income statement, if you will, you 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 essentially added four thousand dollars, you know, to to the fund. That it was all um, income, in, interest income related. Uh, for fiscal year 17, there wasn't any principal con contribution to, 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 to the fund. There's a gross-up transaction on 23 in terms of the benefits paid and, and, and contribution, which is actuarially determined. Uh, but it's that $100,000, $107,000, that when you implement GASB 75 and the, and the liability comes on to the, to the books at that $118 million, I think I failed to say it comes on at 118, but then you're going to subtract this balance in the trust fund of 107,000. <laughs> Wanted to give you a, just a flow of of how that that that's going to work, and you know there's some disclosure in in the in the what we call RSI or required supplementary information on on the trust fund and, and things like that. There'll even be more disclosure with your June 18 financial statements because. You know, instead of being stuck on page 60 or something like that, the liability is going to be on, I think it was page 12. So there'll be a lot more disclosure in there. So, so is that trust fund the only asset against that liability? Yes. Wow. Right. Yeah, I... <laughs> Your discussion you're, for here or elsewhere, <laughs> but what's the not much? <laughs> the question came up earlier, and we looked on page fifty-eight or something like that, and saw where the pension plan was sixty-four percent right. changed. If you go to page sixty-two, yeah, I didn't know if I was reading that. Yeah, earlier. at the top of page sixty-two. You have the total OPEB liability of 122. It's different than the 118 for a variety of reasons. I could talk if you want. That's okay. Then you subtract the 107 to come up with, and so you 1% <laughs> funded. Better than nothing. Is that so what's what's normal? Yeah. 
it's in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts that's not terribly abnormal I have a handful of clients many of them are right along the 128 belt where they might have 14 to 25 million in, in assets um, and how long has has it taken them to how long ago did they establish Oh, those trusts I want to say the town of Lexington. It was only a handful of years ago that the general laws of the Commonwealth allowed you, allowed you to do this. But Lexington had a home rule, and they established a trust fund. Ah, I'm going to say 15 years ago, okay. a long time ago. So they've been building up. They've been they've been built building it up. Wellesley, Wellesley as, as as well. So you know, but there's so just. The question came up earlier on the on the percentage. Um, you clearly had a stunned look on your yeah. face. So. <laughs> I, I, I work in corporate pensions and yeah, OPEB for corporations. Different world. A little right? different. It's yeah. a, <laughs> there's a, a whole lot of information in the footnotes, um, including an additional reconciliation pages between the gap and budgetary statements and the like. So. I, I, it was my intention, though, to move into the management letter and then very quickly touch yeah. upon the, 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 the management Please. letter. So, over in our, our, our management letter, um, I'm going to start on page three, a couple of issues to follow up from the prior year. First one is to improve the controls over departmental receipts. Each year we look at a couple of different departments. Um, sometimes they're inside of uh, town hall, sometimes they're external to town hall. This particular year, we did some um, analysis at the school lunch department, and you know there's a number of bullet items there that that actually before I started talking about all these specific things, page one and two are the introductory letter. It tells you a little bit about what we what we did and what what we didn't do. It also defines some some terminology in there. One term would be a material weakness. The other would be a significant deficiency. Those probably are as serious as the names might imply. Included on page one and two is what we said is what we're saying is none of these issues rise to the level of a severity of a significant deficiency or even more onerous than that would be a material weakness. So just to put some of these recommendations in in perspective, there are things that we've seen out there in practice that um, can just tighten down the internal controls in the in the community. And this one deals with uh, departmental re re receipts. And some, we've, some of the items that are in the bullet items uh, are from the prior years when we've looked at other departments. And in the current year, we looked at the school lunch. And we found that each school is responsible for depositing the receipts. And the school business office records the activity in the ledger. However, the school department does not remit turnovers to the town accountant's office. And they, sh they should have a remittance that goes to the town accountant's office to help tighten up the controls when the money ultimately gets turned over to the town treasurer. And that is essentially what we're recommending in our further action needed. In addition to the specific to the school lunch, you know, the, um, performing internal audits is a good way, not just through the external audit, but internally from, from town staff. And I certainly know that resources are limited in communities in the Commonwealth. Uh, but anytime you can do even a small internal audit, it does put uh, any someone that might be handling cash, you know, rec you know, if, if they know somebody's watching, they're they're going to keep track of things even better than they may do. And again, we didn't find any weaknesses that again that we would c 
cause significant deficiency. When there's when it says the status of prior year recommendations, are there any or are there any of these that have been prior year for more than one year? Um, I don't. I, I, I apologize, sir. I, I I don't know that off the top of my my head. This one this one this one's been in there for a while because it seems like every year a different department gets picked and some some little thing might come up and so the comment ends up staying in there. But um, I have talked to um, the treasurer collector. Um, I know she's she's working on developing a cash management policy which should address some of these things um, as well. I mean, what, once once we get you know, written up in a report like this, I mean, who's responsible to fix the problem? Because you can't do everything, <laughs> you know. Right, right. So I mean, what happens? Do you, do you, did they just get delivered the message and you say, look, this is what, or you know, yeah, I I hate I to think that it's in here, and it just sits there, right? Mm -hmm. And then it will keep recurring. So I mean, is action going to be taken as a result of? You know the write-ups. Yeah, we, we are those. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. I have a son in college, and uh, it's about the time he called. Me. <laughs> no, Good I was talking. I was talking to Linda Hawks about this. Um, you know, she's been our treasurer for um, like not even, not even two years, and uh, yeah. I know she's been working on a lot of a lot of things. Okay. Um, this, this, you know, we've been talking about it too with our goals and objectives. Like this, this is this upcoming year is like the year of policies and procedures. Yeah. Um, well, when we get to the next one, especially. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Go ahead, Scott. I didn't mean to interrupt. At the top of page four is to prepare for single audit changes. Single audits is a term that really just means uh, when a community, um, you know, receives and expends federal grants or, or federal dollars. It triggers what is known as a single audit. And a couple of years ago, actually it was about 18 months ago, there were some significant changes to the single audit and the, and the compliance requirements that we use to audit Easton and other communities come from the from Office of Management and Budget at the, in, in Washington. And they, they pretty much changed all the rules. It used to be called the A133, if anyone is familiar with that term. Now it's called Uniform Guidance. And it's required Easton and every other community to go out and change so many of its policies and procedures over uh, how it does just about everything with respect to its, its, its federal grants. Pretty onerous um, to the point where some of the elements of the uniform guidance that came out, you know, 18, maybe it was 20 months ago, um, have been delayed. Some of the purchasing requirements have been delayed because is quite frankly there's been some some pushback from some communities and from from some states that just haven't been able to get ready as fast as they, they would like so but these these things are real they are they are they are present or soon to be present and and will require some some changes to your your policies and policies and procedures mm -hmm. at the bottom of page three is to follow up on some student activity fund recommendations um, every every three years uh, you, you're required to have uh, an external audit of the of the student activity funds. Last time we had done it was in, in 15. I think we're scheduled to do it again in 18. Uh, there were some there were some issues involved there that that I don't as I recall they were nothing significant. If they were, they would have been more written up in this report. What does that mean, student fund? Um, 
you know, the class of 2019, class of 2020, uh, drama club, really? book club, math club. That's part of the town, and they that. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are such small little numbers, though, right? Well, the, they're bigger than you think. Yeah. They're, big, they're bigger than you think. That's Middle tough. school does a lot of trips. High school has some trips. And this money accumulates, and a lot of it gets spent in the last couple months of the year. Um, and, and, and So it is risky, you know, that it's, it's not. To be, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. in many ways, they're riskier than some other dollars with yeah. bigger dollars. Yeah, I, I can see why if they're big numbers. Well, even if they're little numbers. You have people numbers. collecting money, sometimes it's cash. It's, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you yeah. see these yeah. paper articles about people stuff. stealing yeah. from, you know, yeah. the, the student activity funds, you know, like the PTA. You hear those stories all the time. You do. I know, much yeah. more than anything else. You do. So, okay, thanks. Continue to follow up on those. Over on the top of page five, prepare for Gasby 74 and 75. Um, really, 75 is what we're primarily getting at here. Um, as I reported to the, to the committee earlier when we were going through and talking about your net OPEB obligation and the fact that you got the results of your valuation in May of 2018 for us to include certain things in your 17 audit. Well, the fact that you already have um, that valuation from May that you received in May of 2018, that will still suffice for your June 30, 18 audit. So you're, you're way ahead of the game with respect to that. How do these changes impact um, your department? It's really more of a financial reporting. So I don't, I don't do anything differently on, okay. on my budget. Okay. Yeah. Not a lot more work or anything, just to be in compliance. No, the, the, I mean, the, the hardest thing is just getting all that information together for the actual to do the valuation. I got it. Thankfully, it's not every year. It's okay. every, uh, every other year. Okay. Issue number five has been satisfactorily resolved. Over on page six, a couple of current year recommendations is to first is to evaluate the indirect cost allocation. Yeah, indirect costs are just you know shared employees and facilities, employee benefits that um, are charged to say the water enterprise fund, but are budgeted for uh, in the general fund, and the, the enterprise fund reimburses the general fund. We just noted that they had they've been unchanged for a few fiscal years and. It probably is a good year, good practice to get into of um, updating that indirect cost at least every two years. Not, I'm not thinking it has to be done every year, uh, but at least every every two years. And our last issue is to formalize and accelerate the the year-end closing process. I spoke a little bit about this when I when I first started speaking this evening, and I guess you know I, I, I'd almost break it down even further than the way I had written it, you know because Closing, the closing of the general ledger was, in, was timely, as I pointed out, but it's the ex, things that are external to the ledger, but still necessary for the completion of the audit that need, in our opinion, to be escalated in order for, to have a more timely exit meeting. Um, so I think that the, if we focus this comment, not so much, and I might, you know, I, think, I don't think it should be focused so much on the general ledger, as it should be about OPEP and things like that. So, um, because hopefully this communication has been, been is, is educational, but I think it would be even more educational if it was a little more timely. Yeah. And from our perspective, we're a year, year behind here. And and Wendy and I were speaking just before six thirty. Um, you know, she's 
closed now. She's going to transmit the, the, the trial balance to us this week. Uh, we'll be getting going soon. And it would be our hope that, uh, you know, we can be back here in January. giving the, the that, that would be great, um, you know, for several reasons. And, you know, even if, even if you can't get those, you know, the OPEBs knocked off, I mean, we could get a draft. I mean, I know this is draft, but yeah. draft, draft, just to see some of the things we talked about, you know, in January. And I, you know, I don't know how far we're going to meet in between now and then, but mm -hmm. maybe a couple times because I want to lock down. We're we've been meeting monthly, which is not typical um, of right. an audit committee, but we've had this operational audit, as you know, going yeah. on. So, you know, we, I, it's, you know, that we're beating that horse for months. So, um, but I would like to get back to this. So, I see where we are. Mm -hmm. I'm out a lot in January and February, but I'd like to be out at least one more night. <laughs> okay, because, um, you know, I talk about beating a dead horse. I'm saying it again. Yeah. You know, it's 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 challenging sometimes to, as I reported to the committee. I mean, you find your books and records to be in good working order. I have yeah. to balance that with the fact that it's October of 2018 almost. Yeah, yeah, you're late. It's good. It yeah. would be good to be back in front of you folks in in January. Yeah. And I, I have a question. So uh, we did this operational audit, and do you look at it in terms of anything you do with respect to an annual audit, or is it just something totally different? Because it does talk about procedures and things like that. Yep. Um, I think I'm, I'm right in saying this. That's, some, that's something that's been going on for a little while here in Easton. Um, I think I was privy to some of the original reports that came out from Mark, to be quite honest, I, I haven't read it in some time. Um, but you know, you know, you raise a good point. I probably need to look at it more closely. It's really a different evaluation. It, it, it is, I mean, we, you know, I mean, I, I've looked at the thing and we've all looked at different sections and to be honest with you, I, you know, I looked at the, we looked at the recommendations and went over and it doesn't seem like after everything they went through that we're doing too much wrong with respect to how things are being run or being done, this, at least um, performance-wise. Mm -hmm. So and I, I didn't know if, if you had looked at it in any, any depth at all, but, you know, it's Not like really. a, so, Not really. you know, I mean, ba basically, you look at all the recommendations and we tried to follow them. I mean, it's like the difference of, and you're dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars, and you know we're talking about, you know, sixty thousand dollars <laughs> that it can help, that it could help us, and it cost us seven, and it cost us seventy thousand for it. So yeah. one of the, I'm bringing up a motion tonight that you know we can't keep spending seventy thousand every year, or maybe that's a, a seven or, or, or eight year thing. So you know, I, my, my question is, I mean, you, you see, you've been doing this for a while. You see other towns run, and and um, you know, I just didn't find anything too irregular that, you know, would, I'm not going to say warrant, it's yeah. probably good to do that every, you know, 10, 15 years, just, just to get a look, but, you know, we're not, uh, we audit about 100 governments, and 80% a year, 80 to 85% of them are in the Commonwealth, and, you know, Easton is very consistent with most of them, yeah, the cities are obviously a little bit different animal, uh, structurally wise and size wise. 
All right. I, I, thanks. I, I just appreciate your, your input on that. Thank you. All right. That's a really fast overview. No, that's of great. Things. I, um, but I, I've been here the last couple of years. I've left here saying I had an engaged audience, and uh, I like an engaged audience personally, <laughs> rather than someone just shaking their head, oh, 120 million or 118. And, um, so I, I, I did want to tonight you know, walk through the report in, in, a, in a good amount of detail. Obviously, we're not going to hit every page. Um, but I'll try to answer any other questions that the, that the committee may have. Anybody? There's one little thing. On, it was me missing it at the time. Uh, page 17, you, you said that the change in net OPED obligation of 4 million, 4.5 million, related to something almost directly above it? What was that? Um, if I said above it, sir, I'm sorry. I, um, I may not have. I, I, the, 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 that 4.5 or 4.572 is really, really close to the number in the bottom right-hand corner of 4.480. Yeah, I got you. And so my, I think the objective of sh pointing out that comparison is that, and you know, other than OPEB, you will pretty much break even. Right, I got you. Thank you. And back, back to the management letter. Is this, these items one through seven, are some items more, I know you say for all of them, there's nothing that really reaches yep. the significant deficiency. But are some items more important for us to really focus on more than others out of these seven? In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, it's, um, the we think issue item number seven. You know, you close your books very timely, mm -hmm. but it's things like OPEB and sometimes capital assets. Maybe not this year so much, but in, in prior years, the capital asset accounting has lagged. Um, it's so closing the books. I guess we're trying to suggest that closing of the books is you know going beyond just submitting things to the commonwealth of mass but all these other things that are audit related opeb capital assets do the, doing those things more timely yeah brings a much more timely completion of the audit yeah okay next i'd probably look at the indirect cost allocation because you know mm -hmm. I, you know is there is there any type of subsidy there that that should shouldn't be there you know, perfecting those, those dollars. Um, yeah, stu we student? Have, we have a, actually, we do have a draft, like, written agreement that just needs to be adopted. And student activity funds, are th those three right there are probably, mm -hmm. of the seven, those would be the three that, if I was in your chairs, I would, if I was in the town's chairs, I would want to focus on. Thank you. So coming from a corporate world, I'm aware of deadlines around auditing. Are there not similar deadlines around completing and having everything kind of signed off on for municipal? Because uh, I'm like coming from like you know filing the 5500. 
In general, and I could get more specific, but in general, it's it's within within nine months, and that comes from a, a single audit perspective. It comes from a continuing disclosure standpoint, um, yeah, and you you filed your continuing disclosure, um, you know, by just I think you may have taken the excerpts of our trial balance or your general fund balance sheet or governmental fund balance sheet and, and filed that yeah, with the, the yeah. So in general, deadlines for that. But in, in, in general, you know, at the end of March is, is usually you know, nine months mm -hmm. is, is the target. Anyone else? All right, so we'll hopefully see you in January. And I don't think anyone in the committee will be going anywhere since the terms run through June or at least the, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Because <laughs> Chuck's seat isn't up and, you know, no one's will be up until April, so that'll be great. And Roberta will get, who, who could attend, she'll be able to get a crack at the, get a crack at these as well. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, well thanks again, Scott. Thank you for your time. Thank you very so much. much. Thank you. That was good. Yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, believe me, I learned more than I do at any town meeting or anything. All my years in town, I, I never learned more than I did tonight going through that. Has he been He's excellent. every year? No. Okay. He presents every year, huh? Good. That's a nice job. So, um, let me go back to. All right, so um, minutes will, again, um, back on the agenda, will um, next meeting, which we'll set at the end of this one, um, as well as timing of, of future meetings. Um, we'll go over minutes of this meeting and the past meeting. Um, operational audit I have on here. If anybody wants to bring something up, we'll, we'll address that the next meeting. We're already running late. Um, I had, um, since, um, you quickly on the operational audit, you know, we can, I think we can hold off on the votes, although, um, until Roberta's here, I'd like to do that if, if we can meet next month and it's, it's rough for me, but I, 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 I don't feel comfortable holding any votes. She's been at every meeting and it's, mm -hmm. And everyone's been at every meeting, and that's great. It's, this is um, one of the, the better committees that I've ever been involved with in the town. So let's let's wait for her. Um, I'm going to um, forward um, the motions I have, and anyone's can feel free just to, to put them on the table what they are. One dealt with parking fees, and the motion that I will be bringing up is that it's just a recommendation to um, the school committee uh, to. In, which you would present, we'd ask you to present, just to take like a, an average of the, the, you know, all the towns within 10 miles, see what they're charging and saying it's reasonable and, um, and um, you know, recommendation that they, they pick that up, pick up that fee given, you know, the, you know, underfunding of the schools and, you know, wear and tear on the parking lot and that'll be part of that motion. Um, other motion was, I, I think we said, uh, since the town is not 
um, funding, um, liability um, for a future operational audit, and that you know, you know, we the town came out with pretty good. Uh, it came out with a pretty good, clean bill of health. I think on the report that maybe you know revisit it in seven years, and that'll be a recommendation to um, the check will present for the board of selectmen. Um, and uh, I will bring the spreadsheet in next time to go over um, just to finalize that. Um, so we'll wrap up with um, setting a next meeting. Um, for October, and um, I've got my phone, so um, I think the last week of the month is, is good for me. I just got a lot of stuff before then. Um, if everyone can check um, October and let me know what you've got, or if we can meet the last week on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to find my calendar here. Halloween is on a Wednesday. We actually we don't want to. Stay away from that week. Hold on. Okay. Um, I am. Do I have a? On the 19th, I'm going away to. Yeah, alumni weekend. Oh, we wouldn't do that anyway. Thursday's not bad. How about Thursday the 18th? Let me see what I got. I can't do the 18th, but I can do the 25th. How about the 16th or 17th? Okay. I can do those. Yeah, I can do either one. 17th is better for me. 17th? It's better, but I can do the 16th. That's better for um, well, we'll check with Roberta tentatively. We'll yeah, schedule for the 17th. The Finance Committee does tend to meet and really meet on Wednesdays. Oh, do they? Let's, uh, well, 10 is kind of close. Let, let's go for 10 17 for now. 6.30? Yeah. Uh, that means my uh, tax or individual tax return will be done because it's due on the 15th, <laughs> and I still haven't done it. Oh, yeah, so we'll, we'll meet then. Um, if anybody wants to bring up uh, um, any other discussions for a new business for a next meeting, you know, please do so. No? Okay. So we'll just move these items that we discussed forward. Um, we'll always keep the operational audit there for, for discussion. Uh, I'll bring a motion to end, close this meeting. Do I have a second? Second. Okay. All in favor? Thank you for zero. Um, thanks for meeting everyone. I, I know we ran um, a little long. Um, Wendy, the